Welcome to Choosing Leadership, a podcast for high performers with big dreams and for leaders who know that they are more powerful than the level that they are currently playing. I am Sumit Gupta, your host and the founder CEO of the Deploy Yourself School of Leadership. I am here to help the best leaders get better and to help organizations massively improve their output and impact and at the same time eradicating workplace stress. Yes, completely eradicating, not just reducing, completely eradicating. I believe in creating a future and a work culture where people wait for Mondays, not Fridays and get to do their most meaningful work. The aim of this podcast is not to provide you more content, but instead shift the context under which you operate. This podcast is titled Choosing Leadership because that is what leadership is, a choice. In each episode, I will celebrate leaders who have made such choices which are not always easy and comfortable, but which has helped them get to where they are today. And let us celebrate the leader in us for choosing to move over our fears, for choosing to be motivated by something bigger than ourselves and for choosing to deal with every challenge that comes on the way. Let us celebrate you right now for stepping into the unknown and taking courageous action as those were the moments when you chose leadership. At the end, I will share how you can be our next guest on this podcast. And with that, let's get started. Leslie is the founder of the People Lab and the co-founder of MetaWorks. He is a high-performing HR leader with 15 plus years of in-depth startup and scale-up experience. In the interview, he shares how traveling to China opened up his perspective and helped him become an entrepreneur. He also shares his vision of trust and transparency that he sees for the world of HR in organizations. We also explore how every leadership journey is also a personal journey and he shares how he has grown and evolved over the years. Hi, Nestle. Welcome to the Choosing Leadership podcast. Good morning, Summit. Nice to be here. Good morning. It's wonderful to have you here with us. And for our listeners, can you start by sharing a little bit of who you are and what do you do today? Yeah, sure. So I've been working in the HR space, I think, for about 15 years, where I've mostly worked within startups and also into scale-ups. Um, you can think about companies as Booking.com or Rocket Internet, Book Sender. I would probably describe me as a leader who has a strong hands-on experience, also strategic experience building out yeah, the entire HR lifecycle, right? So that starts with attracting talent to hiring talent to onboarding talent, developing talent, and also offboarding talent, leadership development. And I've been doing that mostly in Europe. But the last also couple of years have been doing that across all geographies. In 2020, I founded the People Lab, which is my own company where I help clients on people and HR strategies um, and helping them through periods of restructuring like now and cost and other times I help them through periods of growth. I'm a solo entrepreneur in that sense. I've been doing all of this stuff also with me by myself and later in 2022, also co-founded MetaWorks uh, DAO, where we index how talent around the globe is thinking about a company culture, a company compensation, jobs and skills in real time. It's a fully decentralized and community-led yeah, community and therefore basically requires a completely different set of skill. I think on another level, I'm very passionate about digital companies, fintech, marketplaces, 
and blockchain slash Web3 use cases. And yeah, if I have time left, obviously I'm also a father. I have two kids. Uh, I'm a real nerd. I love to play uh, also video games if I still have the time uh, or buy or read some, some geeky stuff. Mm-hmm. I also still do some sports and uh, yeah, I'm actually based out of Switzerland. So I think that's uh, on the personal side of things. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for sharing the, that big picture view of who you are. And before we go into entrepreneurship and everything that you do, can you share a bit of your background, right? And what happened in your background that prepared you or that led you to where you are today? Yeah, that's a great question. So I started my uh, career within recruiting, I think when I was about 18 or 18. And which will always step me by, I think, during this time is that these were still allowed to smoke in the office. And uh, so I had an internship, which was, uh, I won't call out the company, but it was an internship. And there were, I remember there were people still smoking in the office. And one of the first things that I had to do during that job was to search basically for candidates on, I think it was monster boards or some, some version sort of of it. And they basically promised me, they said, look, if you do well over the course of these two months, then we will pay your, your holiday to Curaçao, all expenses paid. And I was like, sure, like who's 17, 18 doesn't want to go to Curaçao. Uh, so after a month work, I realized that this was never going to happen. And then I left this job and started, I think, with uh, with a company called Student Talent or Student Talent, think how you would pronounce it in English. And this is basically how my journey in, in, yeah, in recruiting or in HR actually started. I studied and worked at the same time, which was, I think, very beneficial for my own development, just needed to stay busy. And, um, from there, I was just very curious, right? How it would be to work for like a larger brand. Like uh, folks weren't really talking about startups yet at the time. It was just working, I guess, at least that was the visibility I had of the market. Um, and from there on, I started to work for booking.com and you also work for booking.com. And I think this, for me, this was personally the first company where truly experienced professionalism in a way and and hyper growth and the use of data to make really good decisions. I think that was really hammered upon at, at booking.com and also get ownership. That's something that I've really experienced uh, well there. And I yeah. think from there, yeah. 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 Thank you for sharing that. I think one thing which I'm listening to that even at that very early age, there was this desire to do something on your own or to make a difference here, right? And I think that's not very common for like uh, that at that young age, many people just want to fit in with the culture rather than wanting to make change. So can you share where that drive or that desire or even the confidence to do something on your own, to go pave your own path is coming from? Yeah. Also, that is a great question. I think like up to my university days, I've always enjoyed the comfort of my own friends and of family. I come from like a small city next to Rotterdam in Holland. I studied in Rotterdam. Uh, and But I always, I think I had the comfort of having people around that were close by and I had the support also of my parents and that was, and I think that was great, but I also realized, I think I had this, which sort of kind of pushed me to, to think outside of my comfort zone. So when I was in my last year of uni, I got the opportunity to go abroad also. So I decided to do an internship in, um, Shanghai, China, uh, because I felt that I need, needed to do something that was not very obvious. And that would probably mean for me that I would need to leave my friends and my family behind in this case for about six months and actually see like how it is to really think and sort of work on your own and also doing this in a culture that is further away from us. So 
Yeah, I think that was the start of that thinking of that experience that I had to go to a, another country where they didn't speak my language, where working culture is not necessarily the same. And I really think that's probably where it started. And from there on, it's, I, yeah, I just went along, I think, with uh, always making decisions. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for opening up and sharing that with us, right? Because so often in entrepreneurship, we don't reflect back on what led us to where we are today. But even that, like us, a trip, how that can open up your perspective or give you courage to pave your own path rather than just accepting what others are like offering. And, and yep. yeah, that's what entrepreneurship and leadership is for in, in many ways, right? Yep. So thank you for sharing that. Can you now share a little bit about uh, your vision for the future? What are you trying to do with the two companies or two community also that, that you are a part of? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I would have always described you a bit as a rebel. So uh, I think I've learned by working at companies like Booking.com, but also at Meta, I think I've learned that I'm difficult to work with in an organization where there are strict rules, where there's more of a stronger need for like long-term process rather than sort of status quo. And that's probably because I think I, I'm a leader that really appreciates transparency and a trustless sort of environment. And that's why I think I fit really well into this web three crypto sort of narrative, right? Where we often talk about things like transparency and process system, assuming the good of things, or what is it? Assuming the neutrality of things. And, um, one of the biggest frustrations for me as an HR leader has been that has been to sometimes work with companies that were actually thinking about echo chambers that were not really thinking about what the employees want or what the market is basically telling you, or that as an HR, we're just not really moving ahead. I think we're still like solving problems that have been out there maybe five or 10 years ago. And it really frustrates me actually also to the core that I don't understand why as such a smart group of people, chief people officers, senior HR leaders or other founders that we are just not able to crack things around diversity, equity, and inclusion, that we're not able to fix things like hiring. Um, I've been looking for opportunities now as well. And it's been, it's been like baffling to me to speak with some recruiters that also decide not to come back to you or that basically decide to send you an email after you had four or five interviews. It's really interesting that we're just not capable of cracking this, this problem after so many years. So it's very confronting, I think in a good way. So yeah, what we're doing with MetaWorks is that we're actually trying to find a jig, but also durable solution, I think, to some of these problems, uh, by working with all the market participants, right? So not only candidates but also working with folks that are responsible for making those decisions at companies, could be founders, could be HR leaders, and basically by bringing them all together. So that's something that I um, am sort of fighting for, I think, over the next mm -hmm. month. That's something that I really made my mission, actually, to try and see if we can change this. And then second, I think also to try and use some of those blockchain principles and also try to apply them into HR thinking, yeah. right? Like if there is a... If you start, I think if you would ask an employee nowadays, if you would achieve all your goals, we receive a promotion at the end of the year. I think there's a large proportion of people that would say, no, I won't because I don't trust my manager or I don't actually trust my boss. And that's a shame, right? So um, I think that there are certain principles out of blockchain thinking that we could actually use to sort of restore that, that trust in that relationship that there is between employers and between employees and actually make sure that we fix those things. So that will be one of my... Uh, yeah. 
Yeah. So I've I've been in the industry for almost 18 years. Yeah. And uh, right, I think there would be very few people who would associate transparency with HR. Right? And it's quite ironical because HR is all about people and trust is the foundation of all of that. So given okay. what you shared, right, what is the vision, right? How will the HR world be different? What will be different in companies if everything that you're trying to achieve is actually achieved or turns into a reality? Yeah. So for me, there are a couple of core principles, I think, that need to be restored. I think first of this is trust, right? So we need to store actually trust. Um, and I think we can store trust to become more transparent, to become more clear and to over-communicate on the expected impact right before we actually start a work collaboration or we before we start the year actually with one another. I think that's one so that the intentions are clear, but also what the consequences are, right, of having that impact. It could be a promotion or uh, it could maybe also mean the end of your contract. Right. And what I like about blockchain thinking in a sense is that right, you have this principle of smart contracts, right? That if the, if the output actually um, inputs, uh, sorry, if the output um, uh, is actually, you know, the same as, as uh, what you've, you know, discussed as uh, what is it like the starting criteria, then you'll get rewarded as such. And there's no discussion possible. One plus one is two, and that's it. And while there are always factors that might come into play, that might uh, change the environment or sort of whatnot, then you will have conversations. But that initial sort of principle of one plus one is two, that's the truth. That's it. There's no need physically to doubt about this. And that's a principle that I like a lot because it provides clarity. It provides the transparency. And I think that's what employees really need, or that's what workers, I think, really miss and need is just clarity. Just tell me what, what is expected from me. Just tell me where, what development opportunities I have. Just tell me what my goals are. And, but also tell me in return what I will get when I achieve those goals and what I will get when I overachieve on those goals. And I think by doing that, you restore the trust factor. Um, I think the second element, which is important to me, is about the decentralization. I think it's becoming more and more important that employees would also would like to have a stronger say or would like to have more access in the organizations that they work for. So they would like to influence a certain process. And I think organizations are here already doing a little bit better, right? There are a lot of these uh, employee engagement score type of products, right? Where yes. measure net promoter scores and whatnot. So I think that's already happening. What I don't see happening enough though, is that, okay, it's great that you have these tools, but what are the consequences there also, right? So we see all the data, so what are we going to do next? And I think a lot of organizations now look at the data, they see what's going on, but they're not taking the right steps to actually get stuff done. I think that's the final step uh, in that sense. Yeah, And last but not least, like I believe also that the future of work is also distributed, right? I believe that it's not possible anymore to hire everyone within the same sort of work location of where you are. I think uh, having a more distributed workforce will allow you also to hire the talent that you want, the, like the talent that you really want and that you really need, that you're not restricted to um, you know, supply that is available in your geography. Mm -hmm. And there are benefits. Yeah, you can hire whoever you want. You can hire more diverse. I think everybody will agree that diversity will give you more strength. And and yeah, I think these are for me the three sort of key elements where I hope that talent will move towards to. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, thank you for sharing that. I think in a post-COVID world, we are at that phase where we are at the beginning of something new, as you described, right? So you're not only trying to uh, fulfill a vision as an entrepreneur, but you're also making a change in how you're doing it, right? With uh, blockchain and with more decentralized yeah. way. Right? So every entrepreneur has challenges. Every entrepreneur has challenges, right? But you're dealing with it in, in on two levels, right? Not just the change that you want to see, but also how you want to be an example of that change yourself while you make that change, right? So what, yeah. let's say the next three to five years, what do you see are the biggest challenges for you personally as a leader as you yeah. navigate, as you build an organization, which actually makes this wider level change on an industry level, on an economy level? Yeah, yeah. So that's again a great question. I think first, uh, it's the industry itself, right? I think while we all work in the HR industry, we all, I think we're all very smart people. I think there are many talented and smart people. I think as of now, we're just too much um, echo chambers, I think, of what founders or senior level teams would actually like us to talk about and would like us to tell them. And while that is great, it also removes like the difficult conversations that sometimes needs to be had. That's one. I think we, uh, within certain organizations, it needs to be a stronger seat at the table, but that's also a seat that we should demand as HR folks. I don't think we can expect it. We should demand it basically. I think that's one. And I think we shouldn't be afraid for change, right? It's clear, right? That as a, as a HR leader, you have to deal with many different factors, including also compliance, right? So sure. I mean, of course. But I also think that there is an opportunity for us to challenge leaders much more in how they are developing the organizations from that people side and from that supply side that's coming in from sort of that's coming in from the market. I think uh, the second sort of challenge that I see is well, look, if we want to implement blockchain thinking or maybe even the tokenization of certain aspects, basically also within companies. That could be interesting for both clients or, for example, for talent. Yeah, there needs to be a wider case for adoption, right? And I think in blockchain, now in HR, it's extremely early. It's extremely early. I also spoke with some, also with some peers that do some HR work within crypto. Um, it feels a little bit like the year 2000, sort of, where there's like this abundance of talent that wants to do something within this space because they believe it's the next big thing. Um, but there is not really, it's very difficult to find like a golden standard or to find any standard at all, uh, because there's so many people that are trying to enter the space. And that means that there are, that there's a lot of great talent, but it also means there's a lot of not so great talent. And I think that's, that sort of pivotal moment where we are at. I think there's adoption where we won't be talking about blockchain or crypto anymore. It's just there. We're just using it. Yeah. And I think we're just too far from that at least for now, for the obvious reason. So for me, these are two large challenges. Um, I think, yeah, if I need to think about the last challenge, I think for me, it's more personal. Like I'm developing, I think as a person also overall, I think COVID has impacted me also personally, actually quite a lot. I'm an introverted person. I was at before also COVID, but I've learned during my time in COVID that I've turned even more um, an introvert. And I'm actually kind of fine with it, if I'm very honest. <laughs> it does require a lot of energy for me when I have to go to events and I speak at a lot of events as well. And I've learned that actually nowadays it costs me more of energy, yeah, more energy. 
Um, so I think I've just learned so much about myself in, in, in that respect over the last, over the last two years. And yeah, what's the English word? Like how adaptive you could actually be towards these different sort of situations. And I hope that whatever the future might bring, that I will also be capable to adapt to those new changes sort of as well. And, um, in my work now at MetaWorks, I'm working now also with the youngest generation because these are the folks that are managing our community and that are uh, shilling our community with other people. And I didn't even know what shilling was until like two weeks ago, right? So I think I'm doing fine on the adapting thing, but uh, yeah, history has also taught me that we'll need to be more humble to keep understanding these things. So yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that and also the personal side of it. I think any leadership journey is also a personal journey. Yeah. Uh, and myself as an introvert, right? Even I have learned to be comfortable in my own skin, yet uh, continue to lead forward as a leader, right? Because when you are an entrepreneur, obviously you have a team, you're talking to people all day long. And you, as you said, right, what you're doing is not just about business revenue. It's also about demanding something. It's also about standing up for something bigger. And that is a lot of things which we normally see associated with uh, introvert. What I've learned is how do I do that while still being comfortable in my own skin uh, okay. and not like feeling guilty of not being somewhere where I don't belong. Uh, so still merging these two elements. And I think that can be a huge strength when we can find that sweet spot of doing that. But I want to ask you, right, how do you deal with that pressure of right, when things get difficult? Uh, because it's not just uh, an uphill journey. But you're you are deliberately choosing to take on a journey which you know will be uncomfortable in the future as well. So how do you create that grounding for yourself on which you can stand up and then take on those challenges, not just now, but also in the future? Yeah, well, I, yeah, I think that's a personal question and that's great. So I think up to my time at, so let me take a step back. I think like up to probably... Uh, half a year ago, I think I was quite happy, I think, with all the steps that I took sort of in my career. I explored working for corporates, I explored working for scale-ups, I explored working for startups, and I've seen value, I think, in any of those different steps. And I think that worked actually quite fine. Also during the beginning of COVID, I was still able to find, uh, yeah, also clients right for my business, but to lead larger teams. And I think overall, so to get good feedback. However, I also have had to deal, I think with disappointments or, um, or, well, I don't want to call it a sort of a burnout, but I think I've worked incredibly hard for the most jobs that I was actually working for. I always gave my passion and I always try to, and I was able to give my passion because I think I joined a lot of companies that I also felt really passionate about because of the tech or because of the people, because of the leaders that I could work with. Um, and I also hit this, um, the man with a hammer or the woman with a hammer, I don't know how you want to call it, but yeah, I've absolutely also met this person. I think for me, this was about six or seven months ago where I felt my resilience was gone. I think I had a lot of stuff left. And I think also that combining with having like a very young family, uh, that's a lot of uh, sort of place, I think, also to hold up at the same time. And how I actually dealt with it is one, well, I had a great partner, right? I think that helped me in sort of going through this journey and also giving me a lot of support also during times where I was really not feeling well. Um, but second, I think also to drop everything and just to say, okay, I'm going to focus myself on something that I'm feeling very passionate about. And for me, there was three things. I think one, obviously my family and spending a lot of time with them and 
realizing also that this is a one in a lifetime opportunity, right? To spend also time with your family. So this is where I got a lot of strength and motivation actually out. Two, I think also to um, find uh, as sort of that, that passion that could sort of enlighten that fire a bit. And for me, that was it, for me, it was basically combining my interest for HR and into blockchain. I just sort of discovered blockchain and I made some money, lost also some money after, then did some research, right? Did some, then did a study. And then I realized, okay, how many other people are sort of trying to combine their take on sort of on blockchain and on HR? Is that something that you could potentially combine? And I did my research and found that there were only a handful of people that were focusing on this particular area. And that I think also enlightened sort of like the in entrepreneurial sort of mindset or drives that I have. Research if it's is something that is interesting to other people. And then you start to validate that idea. So the whole validation of MetaWorks in that sense started in September, October last year. And uh, one side of the market has basically validated the idea. And now we're in the process of validating if businesses are also willing to pay a dime for, for what we are doing. And that makes it so much more actually exciting that you actually forget that you were actually in a bad spot. Basically. So I think like all of these things have sort of contributed in also getting me back on my, sort of on my two feet. But yeah, I think also my recommendation to anyone else is that I think it's also okay to feel like this. Like, I think you can sort of accept it. Um, sorry, I think it's okay to accept it. Do you think I've been in a privilege where I could just say, okay, I'm just going to take off for like three to four months. I also realize that's not for everyone and not everyone is in, in, in that position, but yeah. If you find it, if you find a strength, right, to talk to people that have gone through like a similar experience or to fall back on family or friends where you can actually have a discussion about and to find something that you are maybe passionate about by thinking about what got you excited about sort of career in the first place, it can really help you to potentially step out of this doom thinking or maybe being stuck or however you want yeah. to call it. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I think you were very authentic and I want to acknowledge you for that. Uh, very real. And uh, I love the answer, right? Because you spoke about family, you spoke about your passions, and I think that makes it all worthwhile, right? What you shared, right? To be able to spend time with your family during the COVID lockdowns, I think we don't see the positives. We tend to see yep. the negatives. And that's such a wonderful thing, especially as a young parent, uh, this would not, we would not have that. Like I have a three-year-old son, so mm -hmm. I know it very much myself that had my son been born uh, like five years or 10 years ago, I would not have that time with him that I have managed to have, right? Exactly. And that's such a gift. And to see the gift out of something which is like otherwise seen uh, like as a pandemic with a lot of stress is, yeah. and then uh, the second thing which you mentioned about your passions, I think when you are clear about what you care about, what matters to you, and then you can spend time in that makes the journey easier, even though the journey is difficult, right? Even it makes it worthwhile. I think that's a better word. It makes it worthwhile, yeah. even the struggles seem more enjoyable because now you know that your heart is in the right place. And just knowing that, right, what matters to you, a lot of people st still struggle with that. But I want to add that, right, that's not trivial. And I want to acknowledge that. Uh, uh, what yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah. yeah, and just to wrap this up, right, for anybody who is listening, who wants to reach out or find out more about what you're up to, what is yeah. the best way for them to do so? Yeah, um, the, I think the easiest way is probably to reach out to me over LinkedIn. So so my name is Leslie Kivit. You can find me easily, I think, on, on LinkedIn. 
I also have a Twitter, which is basically called, what is it like twitter.com slash labwing. Uh, for anyone that wonders why is your username labwing. So my last name is Kivit. If you translate Kivit into Dutch, it's, it's the bird labwing actually. So that's the code behind it. And then I think on Twitter, you can find my filtered and unfiltered opinion on just go on Twitter. So I think these are probably the two easiest way to reach out to me. Thank you, Leslie. And I want to wish you all the best for the change that you are making and the journey, right? Uh, knowing that the journey will bring challenges, but still having the courage to move on that journey because you know that this matters to you. I think that is my definition of leadership, right? So I want to wish you all the best for everything that lies ahead for you. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for having me too. It was a pleasure. Thank you. That's it for this episode of Choosing Leadership with Sumit Gupta. I choose leadership every time I record this podcast and I invite you to do the same. I invite you to design a life of joy, meaning, pride and satisfaction, not just for yourself, but for everybody around you. If you got something out of this episode, would you share this episode on social media? And if you know somebody who would be a great guest, can you tag them on social media to let them know about the show? And if you are a leader who wants to acknowledge how far you have come and have big dreams for the future, please reach out to me to be a guest on this podcast. And I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. This is what I do most naturally, to lovingly and gently provoke you, to help you see your own light, to help you see what you are already capable of. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and it means a lot to me and my team. If you want to know more, go to deployyourself.com and subscribe to my newsletter or follow me on LinkedIn. I want to thank everyone who contributed to making this show a reality and I want to thank you for listening. Always remember that you are enough, you are loved and you matter. This is Sumit. Until next time, keep choosing leadership.